Welcome back, friends, to Occultus Anonymous and our Star Trek Adventures miniseries, The Apotheosis Protocol. This is Episode 5, Moral Imperative. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome once again to Occultus Anonymous, our little corner of the internet. Um, I need to turn off the volume so I'm not hearing myself because that's really distracting. <laughs> Um, we're back once again uh, with our Star Trek miniseries as Drew takes a bit of a hiatus to plan more further shenanigans for our regular Meiji Awakening game. Um, and we have joined the crew of the USS Trudy on their deep space mission. Um, all kinds of fun things have been going on, uh, but I'll get to that in a moment. Um, we are sponsored today, uh, as always, by Roll20 and viewers like you, specifically Ryan, Thomas, Nobody. Harry, Michael, Catfeathers, Josh, Alexander, Puppeteer, Email, Moku, Melissa, Secret FFL, Other Guy, Bernie, John, Al, All You Need Is My Oonts, 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 <laughs> Jenny, Zoltan, Funzo Suru Ali, Milo V3, Vortex Falcon 00, Adele, Crazy Man 1772, George, Chris, Chexara, Inconspicuous Whistling, Taryn, Riafio, Ms. Grumpy, can the crew yeet themselves back into space? That's their name. That is the plan. Buck, Mozart, D minor, Fug, Clara, Shane, James, Chandra, John, Klaus, Porter, uh, Alsrit, Wong, Liv, the Queen, Alex, and Sean. Thank you very much uh, for your ongoing support. Uh, the money raised through uh, Patran uh, does things like pay for art and um, replace equipment and things like that. Um, and I tested out that name, but true to say if I was even doing it right, because I'm old. <laughs> um, I wanted to suggest it's like Craig just dad it up and just be <laughs> like, I don't get this. These kids. Um, we are using the Star Trek Adventures rules uh, from Modiphius. Um, it, it's a D20 system where low numbers are good, high numbers are bad. Ones are criticals and 20s are critical fails. Um... We are uh, exploring the universe of the Star Trek, the original series timeline. Um, Star Trek is an intellectual property that lends itself to a lot of detail, and there's a lot of information out there. Um, but that's not what we're about. We don't necessarily care about where a particular person's quarters are in that model of ship at that time of period. Um, but I totally get that. Uh, we are using the intellectual property as the painting canvas, which we are using to paint an entertaining word picture. So we're more about the story than uh, than uh, adhering closely to the, the facts as published. Um, when we last left our story, our crew had been somehow um, abducted from their ship and appeared on a, um, a planet in a city uh, inhabited by giant uh, Amazon queens and were indoctrinated into a culture that has as its sole focus the elevation of the queens through genetic manipulation. Um, candidates arrived and were put through a series of trials and the best candidates for those trials um, were selected to inform the generation of the next or inform the next generation of queens. Um, through uh, some happenstance and then some clever uh, um, technical work. Uh, Commander Kitney managed to get himself 
out of the indoctrination process and then proceeded to free um, most of the senior crew. Um, they've been working within the scenes. They're not prisoners or anything. They're free to come and go as they please. Um, they've had a lot of inroads with uh, the society and have actually managed to um, make some a couple of the queens ask some, some fairly obvious questions about things that had never you know, occurred to them. And that caused a chain reaction where basically the whole society has now unraveled. Um, all the queens are now aware of the lie that they have been living for generations. Um, and that the caretaker is not actually helping them to ascend. The caretaker is in many ways holding them back. Um, so the the crew of the Curie and the queens have now joined forces in an effort to um, escape the clutches of the caretaker. And at the end of our last episode, the caretaker had implemented its uh, reset protocol, which is basically just turn off all power to the city and just wait for things to you know proceed naturally and then clean up the mess afterwards and start fresh. Um, of course, the people that are in the city are not particularly interested in just going quietly into that good night. And, and they are working to uh, counteract the efforts of the caretaker. Uh, I think that covers everything. Anything I missed? Any selling points anyone wants to pick up? Basics. Okay, roll that intro. Space. The final frontier. These are the brave adventures of the Starship Curie, whose three-year mission is to explore new worlds, to seek out new civilizations, and to boldly go where no one has gone before. Okay, um, we open up in a, a city dark um, as the sun sets, the lights have all gone out. All your computer systems are dead. Uh, food replication is offline. You are very much uh, in a primitive sort of state. Now you had some time and took some precautions to, um, um, you knew this was going to happen. So you prepared for it in some ways and passed some of your people. So all of the difficulties for the tasks that have been assigned to you have been reduced by one because of your preemptive action. So the numbers that you're seeing that we've already talked about are the reduced numbers. Um, you also, instead of having resource scarcity immediately, have bought yourselves through careful planning and coordination and human um, architects efforts uh, and things of that nature, you've bought yourself two blocks of time before resource starvation starts to become an issue. So there's going to be a timed uh, sort of a time clock going in the background as we work through our various tasks. Um, the first uh, extended task that we're going to talk about is the communication system. There's other things that are happening that are going to just, uh, they'll basically occur as events after a given amount of time. Um, but uh, one of the biggest things you need to do is get your communications up and running. And there's two parts to that. There's the local communications, which would improve coordination and resource distribution. Um, and things like that, which would actually buy you guys extra time for resource scarcity starts to become effective. And then there was also a plan to establish subspace communications. Initially, you would want subspace communications to be covert, but given that, you know, the, the pieces are on the board now, as far yeah. as that may not be a factor anymore. Yeah. Yeah, not um, worried about stealth now. So, um, the Cats way out of the bag. <laughs> 
Right, exactly. So the way I, in my head I've kind of organized it is that there's uh, a local communications piece and then the substrate communications piece as all part of the same extended task, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, other crew doing other things like trying to figure out how to free the crew from the indoctrination. Uh, Dr. Hudson is working off screen um, with uh, one of the servitors, sort of coerced into giving a hand. Um, so that'll be producing some events at certain time periods as well. Um, and the captain has uh, inserted himself into the command structure of the, well, been invited into insert yourself. It's a mutual thing. <laughs> uh, into, the, into the command structure of the Queens to help coordinate and uh, make sure resources are going where they're needed. We all need to um, chip in here a little bit. Chris is not here, so we all need to be on on our game with facial expressions here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Inserting um, I, yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Oh, I can. That. I can ham it up even more if you want. <laughs> um, so, you're going to have an extended task that's basically just a repeating work track, like a repeating extended task. And every time you complete it, you're going to add two blocks of time to your resource scarcity. Excellent. Does that make sense? Yes. Um. Now, as your resources become scarcer and scarcer things like difficulties will go up and that sort of thing. So um, you're definitely in a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but there will be some events that buy you guys some time and move your scarcity to the right. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So anything anyone wants to get out of the way before we get into that side of things? Well, um, I'm, like The first half I'm expecting is to be fairly... Uh, mechanical and working through and just narratively deciding what's happening and stuff like that. But if there's something anyone Sounds wants good. to fit in before that, let me know. Uh, right now, uh, Nerjad's goal is the crew. Um, at this point, any of the crew that are still mind whammied are his focus. Um, I know that there's already a process that Dr. Hudson is working on, uh, but at this point, their John may be literally running around. Ash made the joke. I got two hands um, and just zapping folks and, you know, zap a well, couple of folks. Go ahead. And that doesn't necessarily have to be near job because you do have resources available mm-hmm. to you. Oh, no, that's that's hmm. what I mean. Like, not, yeah, I am the XO. I'm not literally, but that is going to be his, like, goal is to get the entirety of the USS Curie up and aware because worse comes to worse Nerjad does not want any of his crew starving and dying off without having any memory of who they actually are right so um and and narratively I totally and that's that's happening you've got some handheld stacks, stunners basically mm-hmm. that you can make use of to get people in ones and twos and that kind of thing so that's going to happen in the background um but that that's kind of a wash as far as the limits and numbers go. Uh, people that are free to think independently are going to, you know, act independently. Um, so they're not necessarily contributing more or less. It actually might be there. There's a case we made that would be more beneficial to have them stay indoctrinated because then they'll just follow the order. No, absolutely not. Nope. And that's fine. So that <laughs> that's a trade off you're choosing to make, and that's okay. Um, so that'll be happening sort of behind the scenes. Yeah. Which uh, I mean, that yeah, it makes sense that there's not anything Nerjad can really do to speed that process up. So if that's where we're at, that's cool. Okay, and, uh, and that's what Dr. Hudson's working on. So what I had for um, 
uh, Villa and um, um, their job was working on the communication system. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was doing that with uh, Jiffus. That was like. Oh, All right, were you doing it with me? Jiffus okay. is working on tracking where the right, right, right. caretaker is and working on getting some sort of main power up and running. But yeah, basically, as soon as the power went down, I'm pivoting to that. Like, that is priority. And I mean, I see in your list it's listed as like one of the preliminary tasks, which is well, immediately what I would be doing. Right, and, the, and uh, the power that I'm talking about in your, in your task description that uh, I've got as a handout there is um, you need a power source for your communication system. So you've got some decisions to make on how you're going to approach it. You can cannibalize the existing stuff and sort of build your own broadcast tower to make use of all the local stuff, or you can just build your own from scratch. Uh, I'm more concerned with getting people, like, actual power first, like some bare bones. Because, like, we don't have food replicators right now. (laughs) Right, but Jiffus is already working on that. So that's a, that's a task that's been spawned off to an NPC at the end of last session. Okay. And he's got resources and, you know, the, the seat of, um, of Hephaestus is working with him and that kind of stuff to get. So that's kind of handled. And there'll be events from that along the way as we work through tonight. Right? Um, so at some point, theoretically, power will come on or there'll be issues that you guys have to deal with and that kind of thing. Gotcha. So the power that I'm talking about in your work track is for just for the communication system. Okay. Um, because until there's main power up and running, you're going to have to come up with something in the interim. And you can table that and just have everything else ready and wait for main power to come on. Um, that's certainly an option to you. You can just sort of delete that little pre- preliminary factor and then move ahead and build everything else as if you had power and just wait for it to be finished. Or you can just build an independent power source. That's sort of up to you. Um, so you have uh, some preliminary stuff to get out of the way. You need to decide what you're going to do about power. That's difficulty two. Come up with a transmission method. Um, that's a difficulty one. And do a protocol analysis if you're going to use the existing hardware. There's a lot of it out there. It's all self-powered. Um, and that's just a difficulty one. So those three things have to be either dealt with or decided and solved before you can start on your work track. So how do we want to proceed? Um, I would say protocol analysis because I want to try to use what we've got as okay. much as possible. Sure, sure. Um, so you'd be using the existing system as much as possible, just basically building your own you know, bootleg communications tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I want to take what's already here and make it ours instead of the caretakers. Sure. Oh, that's even better. So that would include some security so the caretaker couldn't override it. Yeah, I'm basically, um, I want to take control of the planet from him, starting with this. Okay. Um, and Him, that's doable, whatever it is. but I think I'm going to bump the difficulty of the protocol analysis to secure it from interference up to two. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Easy. Okay. Now, is that the um, difficulty or the magnitude? The Well, this isn't work track stuff yet. This okay. is just preliminaries you have to complete before you get to the work track. So this is just a straight task. Um, and the transmission was just a straight one. It's working up a, and building a communications tower, basically, that communicate with the devices. It's a fairly small area. You're only worried about the city for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you want to expand that later. Uh, what are you going to do about the power? Uh, Nurjad has no problem putting together a power system. I mean, okay. we've got a ton of self-powered things in the area. Yeah, it's just a matter of powering the broadcast system so mm-hmm. you guys can work on it. So that I have that as a difficulty of two. Cool. Um, you got a comment, Ralph? 
I was just going to suggest pull out the emergency dilithium crystals. Right. Just roll <laughs> except, those out. Yeah. Except you don't have your ship. <laughs> your first aid kit. Um, yeah. It's right. like, do we have solar panels around? Do we know how to? Well, the, and that's all options. Um, and I'm not, I'm not getting into the necessarily the details of how you're building your power system, unless you have some clever ideas that you want to try and adjust the difficulty. Um, but just sort of general, a generic power system difficulty two, um, or decide to wait until main power is available from Jiffus, which may be some time. Okay. So we've got sixty sci-fi power. So um, three tasks that need to be completed before you can start your work track. You can work on them independently or take longer, but have a better chance of success by helping each other. Sort of your choice. How do you want to proceed? Um, if this is not... Well, actually, yeah. Um, difficulty two, I think I can handle. Yeah, I've got... I guess it's true, yeah. What is your engineering? Four in security. Um, my engineering is four also. Okay. Yeah, this would all be reason reason engineering. Okay, or, yeah, I've got eleven and four in those. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um Craig, could I perhaps come up with a daring and potentially dangerous option for uh, getting a power system set up? Um, pitch me a narrative that daring would apply. Uh, specifically, no, no, no. Yes, there is a power line up here. Trust me, I'll get it down. It's fine. <laughs> and more, but less of the, you know, work smarter method that, you know, the lieutenant is likely to do, and Nurjad's gonna roll his sleeves up and go, yeah, no, why why build the thing? And it's right there, we just gotta get it down here, and yeah. Climb an electrical pole? <laughs> yeah. Take a few shortcuts, that kind of thing? Um... Notably, this is putting himself at risk, not necessarily the, the power line and stuff like that. I know I'm probably risking some additional complications, um... But yeah, Nurjad's willing to put himself on the line to get this done sooner. So if I, what if I can support that, sure. perhaps perhaps one of your previous incarnations was a lineman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will allow um, a, a daring engineering role, or I would even do a security engineering role, or pardon me, a control engineering role if you wanted. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, That's true because controls I, is is. The computer equipment just yeah, using yeah. tools basically. Mm-hmm. So, but I will raise the complication range by one. Okay, complication range is now two. All right, I'm cool with that. Okay, um, you're looking at a difficulty two task. Mm-hmm. I'm going to spend one momentum to okay. buy myself an additional die. Um, and. don't know that I have any focus that apply um, unless the fact that this is a coordinated thing and you, you know. absolutely have crew resources available to you from the Queens so I could say this definitely falls under the, that cool all right uh, yeah so let's see what happens here okay yeah because you guys aren't working alone you have a little, little army of no problem okay no problem um 
and an extra. So you can either reduce the time it took to complete that, or mm -hmm. bank the momentum. If I, um, I, I am happy to reduce the amount of time that it took me to do that, if it means I can go help the lieutenant on like um, the tail end of her task. Well, you have three tasks that you need to complete, so you can basically just bang that off really quickly and still be in the first segment to complete the second task. It's basically a time zero okay. task you've just completed. Sure. Okay. All right. So you were working on power. Mm-hmm. Okay. So power is done. Um, and you were working on protocol analysis difficult. Uh, yes, basically trying to hack and secure this system. Okay. So reason engineering. Yep. I don't have any talents or anything to apply. And we got two momentum, so I was going to say if you want to buy an additional die, which you can apparently totally do after rolling. Oh, um, really? I would like to do that. You must miss that. That's appealing. Uh, we have a bot to smash. Don't worry. Norbot's on it. Okay, so if we buy the bot second five. one, then that gets the, the two, right? So? We spend the momentum, then that gives me the two to solve this. No, no, you would still need to roll an additional roll die. Roll one die. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so change your task roll to one. There we go. You got it. Okay, protocol analysis is done. Uh, took the full time. Mm -hmm. um, but you can go on to your transmission difficulty one task, um, reason engineering. Um, I guess I can work on that. Mm -hmm. I think for both. Nope. You're doing your protocol analysis for the entire segment. Oh, your right. Jod is okay. You can do this because you, you got that. the power on quick. Right. Okay. And which I imagine probably helps me with messing around in these systems, having them running again. Okay, so no folk. But yeah, focus two. And you said this is a difficulty one. Difficulty one. In that case, I'm not going to spend momentum, and I'm just going to roll my two dice and pray that works. I will take that complication. Um, I'm going to take that as threat. Actually. Sure. I like that better than actually messing up our communication system. All right. So at the first time segment, communications are, um, you've got the plumbers out of the way and now we can start on the work track. While that's going on, Captain, uh, do you want me to give me a, a swing at your task? Happy to. So, so just for the viewers at home, yeah. it's a difficulty two. Magnitude of two, work track is 15. 15 or seven. And this is repeatable. Um, oh, sorry, seven. Yeah. Um, and so every time you complete the work track, it adds two more time segments to your resource starvation issues. Excellent. Need to prevent starvation. Okay. Uh, we see. I got to deal with this for a second. Gotcha. We see somewhat in montage. Commander Chichalor gallantly loin-girding and walking about, motioning with his finger, placing his hands on hips, yielding uh, indulgently to suggestions that people are making, having conversations with Yeoman Nurkek, and then yielding and accepting the advice, and also uh, putting his head together with uh, the head of the seat of Zeus and reaching a point of delighted agreement. 
And my read on the captain is that he's also not above getting his hands dirty. So oh, if there's a particular trouble spot, he's down in there, like moving yeah. boxes and mm-hmm. sorting people out. And that kind of yes, stuff. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Pushing stuff around, carrying things if necessary, greasing the wheels. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to be just the person turning the crank. You know, he could right, also right. be in there replacing the gears. So, okay. however you want to abstract, that is okay with me. I All think right. that in large part, this is probably a presence command task. Absolutely. Okay, cool. And I think uh, team dynamics are quite important. All right, right up his alley. So, uh, let's see. I believe we are depleted of all but one momentum, right? Affirmative. Okay, cool. So, I'm going to take that because I imagine I'll be able to generate more. And let me see if I have anything. I might beat this. Not assisting anybody now. This is just going to be straight presence command uh, with three dice. Alrighty. Rolling it. Do, do, do. Do a task. Roll and get one. That's terrible. Okay. Um. Difficulties two. Difficulties two. Right. Yep. So no work completed on this yep. go. So he's doing things and not helping. Well, no, things aren't getting worse. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just haven't freed things up more resources. Or, yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. All right. It'll get better. This, It'll get, get better, better, everyone. Well, this is you don't have a communication system and um, mm-hmm. don't have any kind of power source. So like his literally runners going around and you're basically playing a game of telephone tag. Uh, with yeah, that makes try sense. About. So signals are getting crossed and that kind of thing. If I can offer something else, perhaps this is also a, a little. Um, there's a little bit of friction or inefficiency in us integrating the expected uh, command structure and functionality between the two groups. Like we're both trying to work together and we're all committed to it, but we have different social expectations for how we communicate with each other. Notably, I don't think there's a single queen on the planet who is ready for somebody that is not a queen giving orders. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So there'll be some friction there. Absolutely. All right. Um, so let's get a swing at the work track for you guys for the communications part. Um, your link for this. Difficulty is two. Your magnitude is four. The work track is 15. Which for everybody at home basically means we need to get two successes in order to make any progress. When we do make those successes, we will roll uh, 2D plus um, whatever our engineering is. Uh, So for me, that'll be 5D6 and for Ash, it'll be 6D6. Well, but you are assisting. So correct me if I'm wrong, and I may be, but... As, uh, because the two of you are working on this together, you can assist in any successes that you get in your job. Give her extra dice to roll for her task. I thought it was something that we could do- uh, we could both end up working on. Uh, notably, because uh, my little perk only works if I'm making... Uh, effect if you're making rolls. them work. yeah well and you can make the effect rolls I mean six one half dozen the other 
But at a difficulty of, I believe, two, right? Because, yeah. Like, I don't know how much it helps compared to us working parallel. Because I can manage difficulty two pretty well, I think. Right, but having those extra dice to roll gives a potential for extra momentum. Which you can do things like half the time that it took for that. Oh, that's true. And I think you can do additional work, right, for each and die. You can do additional work, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So definitely, there's a benefit to the to the assist side of things. Oh yeah. Okay. It increases the work by by plus one and three people. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So you'll roll, and then Asher roll, and add extra dice depending on your successes. Okay. Now, if I remember correctly, when helping, I'm still only rolling one dice. Yes. Okay. Reason and engineering go. How about two? Two extra dice for Ash for free. Okay, so I'm rolling four by default. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Can I apply my value of emotion in a crisis only makes <laughs> things worse? So just um, like being collected around you are definitely high emotions um and uh this is a pretty stressful situation so staying calm would definitely give you some benefit i would allow that sure so you're spending your determination on that my determination box is empty but i don't think i've used it did i i I haven't used it yeah uh that works out very well if you get a bunch of momentum yeah i'll use that what does that it would be a, it, it counts as a, an, an additional die, so it's a fifth dice, but it automatically rolls a one, so it's a crit. Okay, so do I roll it or no? You'll roll four because you already. Okay, and then automatically get one. Okay. So three successes on your own, plus two from your determination is five total successes. You only needed two. So you have three extra. Um, so, it, well, especially since Ash, it's technically your role and your momentum. Uh, I'm just going to point out that if we have that momentum there for uh, three momentum, I can give you determination back. <laughs> because I am the XO and that is my job. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll put the rollover momentum. So what, one momentum to get determination back, or is it three? Um, I have to do it one at the end of the scene, three to okay. get it back immediately. Okay. So, uh, everybody have your moment of Nerjod in cheerleader outfit. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Lieutenant! You got this! <laughs> Short skirt, hairy legs, I love it. Yes. I'm totally there. Basically, <laughs> okay, so just rolled it over into having a determination back. Yep. <clears throat> For the next time to roll. Yep. And uh, and the spots do go all the way, by the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then you have to roll um, your... So your engineering plus two for challenge dice. So whatever your engineering is, I believe it's four. Where's a five? Uh, it's four. So I'm rolling six challenge six dice. Challenge dice. Mm-hmm. And just remember to put the six in and then click out so it actually updates. And then, Craig, did you say my... Uh, my talent is going to apply to this because yep. I, I'm working on this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, did the effects count as two? With me, Tim. 
uh, okay. my talent. Normally it does not. Uh, that's that was the big thing. I was like, hang on, I have this really good talent. Uh, wait, nine? A nine and a complication? Isn't that uh, no? At six, right? Two, four, six. Oh, never mind. Two, four, carry five, on. Six, carry on, everybody. Nothing to see here. All right, You're just um, failing your math. Because you've got more than three or more than five, you automatically get a breakthrough. So one that knocks of, off one of the magnitude of four. Um, and you have four work track left. Um, you guys are just slamming through that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. I mean, you're letting me use reason, which is my best stat. So. <laughs> okay. Um, now, however, things have gone slightly awry. Um, because of uh, difficulties in coordination and getting resources where they need to be, it's not that you don't have resources, it's they're not where they need to be. Um, you're starting to have some resource scarcity issues uh, in general amongst the populace. You're not able to get the things that you need in order to be able to do the work you're trying to do. So that will increase all difficulties by one. Oh no. It's increase right. the difficulty of coordination. Yep. Increase all difficulties for tax currently underway by one. Um, because this is impacting the entire community. Sure. Um, sort of thing. All right. Uh, so let's go with another command. Presence. All right. Well, let's see. We are going to make sure we do not die. It's important to be determined. Uh, and I think this is a context in which he needs to remember that the chain of command depends on every link. And that's particularly relevant when you're forming a new chain. So, Captain Trichelor is going to use his point of determination. Uh, we'll see if he gets it back. So, we don't have any momentum. But nope. the determination helps. So, we're going to roll. Got the focus on. Got my two dice. Presence command is there. Alright, do it with two. So, four. And four. difficulty two, magnitude two. Um, difficulty two, magnitude two. Um, yes, go ahead and roll your challenge dice. Got it. So I roll, oh, that's right, because this isn't an attack. I need to add in the You used your number. Number. You actually had four. Mm-hmm. Four additional ones? No, you have a total of four successes, because you used okay. your information. Gotcha. I just meant, uh, don't you add it to your discipline? No, no, no. Hang Did on. I misunderstand oh, that? I think yeah. you, you two are talking about two different things at the same time. Yep. Hang on. Oh. So yeah. um, the difficulty was actually three, but you got four because you... Oh, I'm sorry. The difficulty wasn't two. It raised. It's difficulty three currently. Yeah. Right. So you have an extra um, um, an extra momentum. So you can... Two, was it one to half the time or two? That um, additional work. Reroll work. Uh, except the tasks. Yeah, I think we can use one difficulty to half the time. So instead of taking two time blocks for this particular mm-hmm. session, it would only be one, if you wish, okay. or you can apply that to additional work. Hmm. And what do you mean by additional work? The so work track? 
So now you're going to do, because you've got your, you meet the threshold for your successes, you're going to yep. roll your discipline plus two for challenge dice. Great. Cool. Um, and uh, your work track is only seven. Yeah. And All the, right. Excellent. And the additional work is just oh. one automatic <laughs> one. So it's 76 yeah. plus one, sort of. Oh, gotcha. No, uh, I don't think I'd do that. That momentum could be better so you, used. You can cut that time in half then. So instead of taking yeah. two blocks of time, you can only take it. You can do it on yeah. one. I'd like to do that. Sure. Let me first roll challenge to see if I get my determination back. Sure. Nope. Okay. Determination spent for the session. No worries. And then uh, I'm going to roll my five challenge dice. Seven. Seven challenge dice. Seven, that's right. Seven plus two. Mm. That's right. Seven. You didn't click off. Oh, I didn't press enter. Didn't click out. You fool. This character sheet. There you go. That's better. All right. That's better. Five, six, seven. So that blows away the work track. Gives you, um, that clears it. Yep. And it's more than five. So that's the two magnitude needed. And that gives you the extra two. So that moves everything right by two. Does that uh, reduce the difficulty as a consequence? Um, it stops it from getting worse. Oh, okay, so it's still a three. Yeah. Oh, I see how this is going. I should have spent the determination on the first roll. It's all good. <laughs> I didn't realize the difficulty was going to get higher, but that was implicit. So I just, I don't think I was picking that up well. All right. So. Okay. So um, you've worked out some of the kinks and the coordination and things like that. Stuff is starting to flow. Um, you're a little bit behind the eight ball because of some um, the previous snarls and things like that. Uh, but things are going not too bad. Excellent. Um, at this time, nope, not yet, actually. A little bit more. So let's go back to communications. Another swing at your work track. Yep, let me throw my... Diet. Oh, wait, you had an extra success. You had um, a breakthrough from your challenge dice, which automatically reduces your difficulty by one. So, so it's still a two. So it's still yeah. a two, but it's not a three. Okay, so I get to roll three. Mm-hmm. And you can use your determination. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Three, four, five, six successes. Um, oh, that's a pretty awesome. Um, you can do that your trip once, right? I'm gonna double check. I think it's once per like task. That thing. seems right. Because otherwise, it would be very broken. It right, is um, expensive. It's a lot of momentum. So it's uh, you two. So you have four extra momentum. You can half the time you spent doing that. I it's not just let me do this twice in this time period, right? Well, instead of taking two chunks of time, it's only going to take one. Um, so that'll be one momentum, and you have two extra to do extra work if you wish. Um, yeah, I'm on a half the time. Okay. Do you want to keep those as momentum to be spent? Um, Craig, I, I'm, I'm reading over <laughs> what mm -hmm. this says. When another character in communication with the executive officer spends a point of momentum, the executive officer may spend three momentum immediate to let that character regain the spent point of momentum or mo 
spend point of determination. Okay, you, so you have three momentum left over. You can <laughs> you better get your believe. Back. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, we can like, just keep doing that. Like, Commander in your jaw has always been a pretty good XO, but in a crisis right now, working side by side, like he is just so motivating. Well, I and, mean, because <laughs> if I if I may, the queen is watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna work very hard. That's awesome. Um, okay, so I guess uh, we just spend that momentum to get my determination back. The big trick yep. is it has to be, I have to have the momentum when you spend the determination. If if it's not there, then uh, I, I can't come back around and be like, oh, here's determination back with three momentum. It has to be right. then. Has to be right in, in the moment. Okay, um, so how many dice is this? Is it six again? Uh, yeah, your um, discipline plus two. Oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That blows away the remaining work track entirely. It gives you uh, um, two more breakthroughs. Am I looking at this? Yeah, two breakthroughs. Um, so you're down to one magnitude remaining. So you guys are almost done. Yeah, now that the work track is complete, all we need to get is one work done. Yeah. If you do any work now, it's automatically a breakthrough and that will complete your task. Very productive. A good team. All right. um, Let's do another command roll and then there's an event. You got it. Are you sure the queen was watching? (laughs) Pretty sure. (laughs) I'll tell her about it later. (laughs) Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) Why? What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Okay. He's out of his element. Um, it is difficult sometimes when you're in the big chair to subordinate and and like co-lead with somebody else. Yeah. Your whole career has been training for you to be alone in the big chair. Um, and now there's all these other things to consider and all these other people and opinions to get and you're not used to deciding things by committee. Yeah. You're used to taking input and then making a decision. I so spoiled you. <laughs> that's right. Um, too good. You did your job too well. <laughs> um, so no extra time from the CEO. However, but we had um yeah, and that's two. Um, but there's an event that happens at this point now. Okay, go ahead. Your thing is taking we're sort of mismatched as far as time blocks, but at this point, um, Jeffers reports that main power has been established. Yes. Um, and a bunch of little worker bees are running lines. There's like lines in the street, warning signs, barricades put up and that kind of big, big cables all over the place. Uh, getting power to where it needs to be. So that reduces all difficulties by one. Oh, awesome. Because you now have access to a centralized power structure. Fantastic. Um, so moving forward, and you guys are almost done anyway. Um, that's going to kick everything else up as well. Uh, so that means that uh, Nerdjot has a report. Link Commander Winona Levine. Oh, good. 
has managed to arrange, um, find a stockpile of vehicles and found people who were able to fly them. You um, bet she did. Hi, it's me. <laughs> uh, because of her uh, efforts, um, that gives you guys four time blocks. Awesome. So difficulties will not increase for another four. Yes. Um, So that buys you a lot of time. Now that you have transportation, it's easier to get those resources where you need them to be um, for the coordination side of things. Um, So you get personnel and food, medicines, blankets, shelter, all stuff. You're much better able to move things around. Um, and let's uh, finish off the communication task and that'll catch you guys up as far as time goes excellent do you want to do the honors? (laughs) I was going to let you finish it Uh, you should do it and hopefully just do it without using your yeah I'm just rolling it with my normal Mm -hmm. it's it's two dice right normally Mm -hmm. perfect Okay, and that gives you a momentum back on the board. Yeah, we'll just keep that one stored. Um, yes, and we'll click into that. I'm showing that we're at two. I have one. Okay. Yeah, I think one because uh, I didn't store any of the ones that I made previously. There we go. All right, one on the board. Um, and you guys have completed the communication system. Uh, that's a local one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an additional component to get the subspace one up and running, but um, that's a whole other... That's not a survival thing. That's a... We want to see if there's anyone out there to give us a hand. All right. Um, so if I can fluff this a little bit. Sure. In, in the captain's hand, the ramshackle cobbled together little communicator Exoto Captain well, and, and to, no, I want to clarify you're using the local infrastructure so it's a really slick very thin oh, that's true. Yeah. Know, piece of plastic that actually ends up being like a phone almost mm-hmm. so um, this little device that you've been carrying around starts to beep and you see Commander Nerjod's face appear well Commander <laughs> seems one of us is succeeding. I mean, we have ships in the air. We have things going where they need to be. We can actually talk. I feel like I'm almost back on the ship again. It's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. Where do you need me now? Um, And with the communications up, there is no more extended difficulty for resources. Um, Because you're able to get with instant communications, you're able to find exactly where they need to go. You have transport pilots to fly them where they need to go. Um, so the resource scarcity is not a factor now. There's still a ticking point. But you run out of resources. Well, actually, with main power, no. You guys are in the clear now. Because um, we have the replicators. Because now you have replic- the equivalent. You're able to get replicators online as required. You still need to get, like, it's one replicator with a cable that runs back to the where this, you know, so you have, but you have. So slow. 
you have a source of food available and you can get that distributed. We prevented starvation. You definitely prevented starvation. Um, so briefly, in response to Commander Kidney question, uh, Captain Churchill says, If you have the time, I'd like you by my side. I'll be there. Um, so Rilla will be working on the subspace communications. Yay. I missed whatever you were saying, Craig. Could you repeat that? Um, sure. Did somebody help? <laughs> I don't remember where I was at when we lost Drew. Uh, I was talking about going to meet up with the captain, and then it all went black. Oh, right. oh yeah, I did my rolls and finished my part, mm-hmm. and then you were going to address what they were doing. Okay, so you go. Uh, you wanted the captain uh, to head to the captain, so Captain Tuchelar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lieutenant Kitneyel, or uh, Commander Kitneyel shows up in the coordination center. Fantastic. Oh, cool. I didn't miss much of all that. Then uh, you see the captain standing off, stroking his chin. I know it probably didn't take very long for Kidney L to walk over, but yeah, he's, he has a pensive expression on his face. Something wrong, Captain? Not wrong exactly. I just realized something that might influence how we do things on the ship going forward. Mm. So I realized a deficit in Starfleet command structure that resulted in what's the right way to describe this resulted in my skills being less effective than I wanted them to be in this moment here in a crisis and I was trying to help things be as efficient as possible through you know coordination and aid and timely advice and it seemed like it was just hampering the, the efforts that everyone was taking. It might have worked better if I had just stood back and thought a battle strategy for what still comes. What I've observed is their Council of Fourteen functions differently than we do. I admit it might be because you do your job just so damn well. But I'm in a position where I take for granted how easy it is or how effective it can be to make decisions on my own. And I realize now that's in large part because you're facilitating them. You have my helps. <laughs> I bet Nurkek would be happy to hear you say that. Is he not around? <laughs> I, I, I assume it might, <laughs> might have been off somewhere. Um, they might have been off somewhere. Uh, so, so Captain says, we might want to think about it moving forward. Although there is no formal policy for this, I think we might want to attempt um, something a little bit different than just the occasional open conversation in my red room. I'd like to experiment with leaving certain decisions to a vote or perhaps at least at least hear me out just an implicit consensus 
the more voices we hear, even if you and I are ultimately making certain decisions, I think the better position will be in the event that we need to rely on others more than we otherwise would. I agree that this is a discussion that we should have, Commander. Captain. <laughs> but. Mull it over. I will. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this when we return to the ship. Indeed. Who knows? Our feelings might be different, but I think the least I can do is uh, take the lessons that are living in front of me as a consequence of this experience. Well, I guess, yeah, no, because uh, Commander has explained, I, I imagine, sometime in the past year, like, who the Trill are, really, mm-hmm. um, to the point that you know, he just looks at the captain and goes, ah, yes, combining experiences of different lifetimes seems a wise course of action, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> the captain turns back to you and holds a finger and says, ah, <laughs> touche. <laughs> Eventually you, well, human and Andorians, will figure something out. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, and he, he looks like he's about to say dismissed and then realizes the context and also that he requests you to come and says, thank you, Commander. Oh, no, no. What he'd actually say is because of what he's talking about, he'd say, thank you, Nerja. Anytime, your lord. Now then, Captain, if you have... Yeah. <laughs> where are the Council of Fourteen and what is oh, of the status of the planet? Let's go there now. So I, I can give you a bit of a summary. There was uh, some initial shock and unrest as like everything went under went um, offline. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the forces and capabilities of the queens they have a very strong civil service, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. Um, so things are brought under control fairly quickly. I also had some warning that this was going to happen. So the the, the seat of um, uh, Hermes was out there spreading the word and making sure everyone was informed and know, knew what they needed to know. People were kept where they were controllable and safe and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, resources being distributed. So um, now that things are still serious, but you have a steady supply of food and water and the resources that you need to, theoretically, you could continue this in, indefinitely. It's still scarcity right it's not like everyone was um you know having full meals all the time and that kind of stuff but it's enough to maintain survival indefinitely tie your belt live under a blanket exactly it's yeah. you know um the whole city is basically turned into effectively a refugee camp um where uh resources have to be partitioned out as required and that kind of thing mm. so they've got some mechanisms set up in place like that for that to happen um, while you guys are sort of contemplating the state of things, uh, Maonia, seat of Athena, uh, walks over towards you. Um, and she says, Captain Chuchula, there is a messenger that would like to speak to you. All right. They've requested to speak to you alone. 
Oh. A messenger of yours? Or one of mine? No. It's a servitor. Hmm. <laughs> John leans over, touches him on the shoulder, and says, I'm going to go get kitted out and then find out what this is all about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Commander. All right. If you will, leave me there. All right. Um, you are escorted out of the building into the uh, outer courtyard. And there is um, a naked, unclothed, hairless servitor standing with arms raised mm-hmm. with um, several of the seat of the um, Aries of folks. Like fresh out of the tank out. kind of look? Fresh out of the tank, brand new, spanking. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, and uh, Maonius says um, they have no weapons, they pose no threats, but they wish to speak to you. Surrendered immediately upon entering the courtyard. That's a good sign. I'm inclined to speak to them. They requested it alone. As you wish. Um, and she just sort of waves a hand at the two guards and they withdraw to a respectful distance. Um, the um, servitor with uh, hands up does not move as you approach. Mm. Great. Uh... I'll get close enough that we can have a conversation without raised voices. Okay. And say, I've been told you sent for me. Uh, The voice responds, unlike any of the servitors that you've dealt with personally, is completely flat. Oh, here we go. Fully emotionless. You are... Irilor Chuchalor. Captain Irilor Chuchalor, the Federation Starship Curie. NCC 1711. Caretaker has an offer for you. What is that offer? You and your crew will be returned to your ship unharmed this can be done immediately on the condition that you promise to never return your lord purses his lips and says Such offers are often made, at least in my experience. When a person you're engaged with feels a sense of vulnerability. So without disrespect, I will acknowledge that perhaps the caretaker is concerned with their work or Their future here is in peril as a consequence of what's happening. The figure responds, the caretaker has calculated a non-zero probability of your success. The 
caretaker and Jiffus should have a conversation. And now that there is a non-zero probability of our success, the caretaker would like to eliminate that by, I'm presuming, removing us from the situation. And allowing you to return to your lives unharmed. It is a compelling offer. I should provide some context, however, for what our motivations are now. Because even when I am engaged with an adversary, I always like to give them the benefit of the doubt. That they would like to understand my motivations as much as I would like to understand theirs. As the caretaker knows, we were taken against our wishes or without our consent. It wasn't an element of consideration as far as we could tell. And upon a number of us recognizing the circumstances, our main goal was to get free. However, quite quickly, we developed a sense of appreciation, fondness, and camaraderie with those we were ostensibly brought here to elevate. And so the situation is different. We are no longer merely just passive participants in what's happening afraid of strange circumstances, hoping to get home against all odds. We have new friends. We have new new associates. And there are people we will not abandon to a fate that they no longer desire. Your response is in the negative. My response is a counteroffer. And then he leans in all dramatically, and he says, I am willing to assume that the caretaker has a mission they can, they believe is benevolent, or at least meritorious in some way. Those the caretaker has been attempting to elevate now have a sense of agency they deserve to have in the beginning, considering that those in whose mode or model they were created had such agency in the first place. For us to depart to our satisfaction and the satisfaction of those whose whose hands we now clasp, anything that happens must be done with their explicit, deliberate, and consensual participation. If the caretaker wishes to take care for them, it must be at their direction instead. I'm going to give you a social persuade sort of role. All right. Which way you're going to go, and that's fine. Mm hmm. The difficulty is at three. Ooh, baby. Now would and, be the time to have diploma. I mean, determination. And uh, we're going to increase the complication range by one. All right. Good Makes luck. sense. Do we have any momentum on the board? I don't think so. One. Uh, there's one. There is one? Okay. We're rolling presence command with an additional die. Hoping to get three. All right, everybody. Focus supplies. 
Yep. This would be a perfect time. It's bold. It's so bold. Um. Okay. I'm rolling it. I'm rolling it, everybody. About to roll it. Roll it. Yes. No complications. No three complications. successes. Right across the board. Three dice, yep. three successes. Every time. <laughs> Every time. First try. Um, I'm going to mull over that a little bit and leave things in suspense, I think, because now is a Sounds perfect time for a break. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Um, Twitch folks will be back in 5, 10, maybe 15 um, minutes or so. Just uh, we have to quote somebody I admire, a frail human bodies of new maintenance. Um, <laughs> we'll be back uh, in a little while for YouTube guys. We'll be back in less than a second because Drew doesn't leave much of a space. <laughs> See you soon. Where were we? Oh, yes, the offer. And you've just said no, but you can just stop being in charge and let Queens direct you from here on out. Um, now, just to out of character wise, yeah. the conversation wasn't, wasn't, that wasn't an option in the dialogue. Oh, I know. So um, the the reason I had you to roll was to determine the level of response of the caretaker. Cool. The answer is yeah. going to be a no, but is yeah, it going to be no rain death from the sky yeah. or just a no, I'll let the probabilities play out. Yeah. So you've got the I'll let the probabilities play out response. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't you know, have a, go ahead. Remember, like before... The queens had their realization and agreed to help us, right? We said, these are the priorities. Number one, make sure the crew is safe. Mm-hmm. Number two, help other people. We got to the point where working with them, we now feel that the crew is safe, right? Like, we had just reached a transition where people aren't going to starve and we have our own power. So... It, it now reached a point where Chichalor didn't feel that he was he would necessarily be abandoning the criteria responsibilities that he established before. And now you, yeah, now you have some have. you have some cards in your hand. Yes, exactly. At this point, um, whereas before you had nothing. Yes. Great. Um, so the. Um, the servitor responds, I will convey your message to the caretaker. Please do. Also, if you're able, emphasize to the caretaker that hostilities between us are not necessary. I will convey that message. Please do. And then he says, but he says, hmm. Ooh, this is Starfleet. I'm trying to think if he's going to, you know, uh, communicate a cliche here. Yeah. All right. He's going to do it, of course. So he says, uh, as I says, he'll convey that message. And so then he holds up the sign and he says, live long and prosper. Um, that sort of confuses the servitor. Perfect. <laughs> yep. 
Um, and then it sort of falls back on its programming and says, I will convey your message. And then uh, turns and starts to walk away. Um, one of the um, warrior queens sort of looks over to you and like, are we letting this thing go? Yes. That's what we do. Okay. And the servitor walks out um, of the courtyard and uh, is quickly lost in the city. Cool. And then um, he says to the warrior queen, and of course it doesn't need to be an extended scene, right? But I'll just provide the context of what he says moving back that um, although he was raised in a, in a warrior culture, that culture also imparted to him an understanding that you only fight when it's necessary. We have, on occasion, some of our teachings, and this is back with the seed of Zeus. Wait. A concept known as the the mercy of the sword. Mm. Um, fight when you have to, but only when you have to, and only as much as you have to. Yes. Um, victory isn't necessarily measured by the defeat of your opponent. It's measured by how many of your own scruples you lose in the process. Among other things. There's more than one path to victory. Yes. The secret is defining those conditions before the fight begins. That's right. Um, I can so, quickly interject here, Craig, because I realized I, I was not clear. Nerjot is going to go find his fucking uniform and his phaser. Oh yeah, do we have all our stuff now? Um, sure. Give me. Yes. <laughs> give me a roll for getting those resources back to you. Pitch me in a way how you want to do it. Asking them nicely. And it may take some effort on your part. That's why I'm looking for a roll. On okay, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, to guide and direct them into things that they're not necessarily familiar with. I mean, oh, okay, fair enough. Presence and security for is, is my yeah. is Nurjad saying we have weapons that we are used to using weapons that we had on hand they are not I mean I wasn't carrying a phaser three but they are useful <laughs> weapons and they're what we are trained in and getting our uniforms back much as I look awesome in this I look better in my uniform sure so pitch me a roll and go ahead and make it uh, presence plus security Sure. And my focus applies. This is diplomacy and cool. Well, um, listen, need my I, uniform. I should tell you this before in advance, but I said the difficulty too, just because you're asking for things that they're not familiar with. They don't, they've never thought about what happens to the gear that people had when they arrived. Mm. It's just, it's not something they've ever thought to process. And they probably didn't know he came with other things. Right. Um, you just sort of show up ready, kitted out for their society. So you can bank those extra two, or you can do some obtain information if you wish. Nope, just going to bank okay. those. Is that puts, um, unless I'm mistaken, yes, up to three. Yep. Um, three is a magic number. <laughs> so some, it, it takes a little bit of time, but you are eventually... Um, receive a message and you go out uh, into the city 
not far from the arena where the new subjects will arrive. Um, and the doors are open and you're looking at a, like a huge warehouse. Indiana Jones's warehouse, just... Basically something like that, not quite to that scale, but full of stuff. Um, and it's easy enough for you and your crew um, to find your equipment. So you all have, should you choose to wear it, um, your uniforms back. Yep. Um, and your tricorders and all your weapons, um, all that stuff. It appears that all the stuff is sorted by um, arrival. Sure. Mm. So oh, that's a lot of, interesting information then. There's a lot of stuff here going back for a while. The the historian, the cultural studies part of Nerdjad yes. is freaking out and going, yeah. I'll be back for all of you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Did we see other things from our people? Like, is there earlier Starfleet stuff here? Definitely something that Nerjad will probably look for. That would take a little bit of time to dig into. Because yeah, I'm imagining they're all in just like huge container kind of things, not just sitting out, right? And not, yeah, not, and not necessarily huge, but it, there are crates you would have to go through in order to, to try and find that out. Um, but based on the markings and stuff that identify that this was... Um, you don't think there's other Starfleet stuff in here? It's hard to tell, but they're mostly sorted by date. Mm-hmm. Um, relatively speaking, like there's the newer stuff is at the front and the older stuff is at the back. Um, they're not like categorized or neatly filed or anything like that. It's just basically uh, the caretaker and its minions are treating this as you know interesting junk. Sure, that's not particularly useful to them, um, but there, maybe there's use for it and then file it away. So, so Jod puts his uniform on, okay, and goes and gets himself an Athenian helmet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Easy enough to do with the with the with the frill and everything. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, if anybody asks, it's one hundred percent just so he's easily identifiable as the <laughs> executive officer, not just because <laughs> it looked really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure, this is absolutely there's you know a, a logical reason why you would be wearing the Athenian helmet and your Starfleet uniform. Yep. Um, and, you know, and that's a Sun Tzu thing, right? The leader should be mm-hmm. stand apart and look separate. Um, so uh, let's do another scene at some point um, shortly thereafter your offer from the caretaker. And Commander Levine sort of comes up to, uh, let's say Commander Levine comes up to Commander Nerdrod and says, I think you want to see this. Sounds like it. Um, and she takes you uh, in a, like, a sky car um, transport device um, out of the city. Ooh. Um, into the surrounding countryside where you find um, um, and you're traveling for about a half an hour you find uh, what looks like the ruins of a smaller city or maybe an industrial site oh. um, um, the buildings are all quite dilapidated you can tell they were buildings um, but most collapsed from disuse um, and there's a larger structure um and one wall is caved in um, that uh, looks very much like a hangar. And uh, Commander Levine is kind of smiling slyly. <laughs> you pick your way over some rubble, duck under some stuff, squeeze through a narrow um, confined space, and you enter into a large cavernous sort of room. Um, and there are six vehicles there. 
Two of them are absolutely destroyed by collapsed uh, building, um, and the other two are very badly damaged. Um, but there's two in the back corner that appear to be mostly intact. And she says, I'm not sure how to control them, but based on the analysis I've done, these things are absolutely capable of leaving the atmosphere. There are no warp drives or anything like that, but if you want to get into orbit, these things are capable of doing it. <laughs> so, uh, it's clip. <laughs> it's teared up. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Nur, Nur, yeah Nurjad. A, the fact that we're talking literally the Venn diagram of Nurjad's shit. We have yep. cultural shit. We have yep. shuttles. Yeah. <laughs> <And, laughs> just Levine, just the hug and be like, okay, at least we have spare parts. <laughs> and um, she's like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Given all the stuff that's in here, I could probably get one of these working in a few hours. They haven't moved in a long, long time. So between the two of us, it'll be an hour. Possibly, if you have the time to spare. I just wanted you to see this. I thought you'd appreciate this fight. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Commander. Do you have anything that's... Part- and, and you said these are basically like video phones, Craig? Like we mm-hmm. have... Yeah. Anything that's particularly important right now, as like he turns and put his puts his back, and so there's the line of shuttles behind him. Is there anything I need to be working on right now, Captain? Because no. <laughs> <laughs> no, Levine. We're good. <laughs> All right. Um. So that's going to take um, some time and personnel mm-hmm. to get those, but they're definitely something that you're going to have access to. Yep. One, perhaps yes. two, depending on how things go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one scene. Um, and the next scene is Dr. Hudson coming into the central area. Oh, yeah. Um, and says that um, I believe we have a solution. Do tell. It's likely to incapacitate a sizable portion of our workforce implemented. For how long? Um, probably an hour or two. That but, seems acceptable. But when they come out of it, they should have all of their faculties returned. Amazing. Are there any risks? Um, the risk is that the downtime might be much longer than I have anticipated. Okay. But for those who are affected... Any risk to their memories, their selves, their faculties? No, I think we've isolated the problem, mostly thanks to Commander uh, Nurjad's particular physiology. Of course. And on um, the reasons why it wasn't as deeply ingrained, we should be able to counteract it. So we're ready to go whenever you give the order. All right. Let me speak to the seat of Zeus and confer with... Yeoman Nurkek. Okay. Was that so. was that the captain having a pause before he's saying yes and going, I gotta check somebody first. Yeah. Then. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It's him trying to implement what he just said. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. He'll uh, go to find Yeoman Nurkek 
And if we all have communicators at this point, who knows yeah. if we do? But if we do, then he would summon Yom Nurkak. At, at the very least, the court people that need them and field commanders and that kind of stuff all have them. So yeah, fantastic. So um, you and find Yom Nurkak. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then um, approach the seat of Zeus and also suggest that she bring uh, Rhea. Right. Um, just based on your delivery, she says, this sounds serious. So let's meet in my office. Yes. Uh, so you and Yoman Arkek and Nikea and Rhea are um, behind closed doors. Excellent. Uh, and and so he comes in and uh, he at first has his hands behind his back and then he moves them out and he says, "All right, um, Doctor Hudson has achieved a breakthrough. He's realized how to restore the memories, personalities, really the agency to the vast majority of our crew. However, there is a consequence." that uh, bears appreciation, which is that it will temporarily deplete considerable number of the people attending to the tasks we need to keep ourselves alive. And there is a, to use the uh, caretaker's recent terminology, a non-zero probability that their impairment will last longer than an hour, perhaps far longer. Um, Narkek, <clears throat> there's a much bigger elephant in this room. Um, at a ballpark count, there's something like 60 different species represented in your workforce. Most of whom we have no idea what they're actually like. Mm. If you remove what's keeping them a functioning workforce, like maybe they're Klingon equivalents or Nausicaan equivalents. And the coordination that we have now will fall apart into infighting and warlords and pulling the plug on the indoctrination. While I understand it's a moral imperative, might unravel everything you've done so far. I mean, that's certainly a consequence we can deal with when it comes. We can't keep people unwitting, well, slaves to our desires, just as a consequence of our concern about their culturally informed behavior. All I'm saying is not every species in the galaxy follows Starfleet morals and ethics. That's true. Hmm. Um, And Nikea says we have very little experience beyond the occasional species that is unsuitable for service in the site. We don't know what they're like without indoctrination. Um, And based on I'm given to understand that your level of forbearance when you learn the truth is perhaps not common in the wider universe. He looks like he's trying to hedge. (laughs) 
I think that is a fair assessment. Aria says, you've been living a lie for a long, long time. At some point, we're going to have to stop living that lie. This is going to come sooner or later. Nikaia says, yes, of course, we're not going to keep them in this state forever. But we are in a fragile position right now. I think you would agree to that, Captain. Yes, indeed. And Narkek says, yeah, and this is going to throw 60, 90 some odd extra variables that we have no control over into the mix. Well, considering that you say that, how many uncontrolled variables could we accommodate? What is your assessment? Well, the seed of Aries folks are very efficient. Um, but there's not that many of them. If um, just a ballpark, if 25% of the population decided they weren't going to play along, I don't know that the seed of Aries folks could handle all of that. Hmm. How much do you think they could handle? 50. Comfortably, possibly 20 at a push. All right. Well, let's be careful. I'm, I'm thinking worst case scenario. If we let 25% of the people go and they all turn crazy, it's a wash. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Raise it that way. That's real satisfying to the captain because they'll say, okay, all right. How about this? And it's going to look like they're haggling over how many people they free. <laughs> if anybody else is watching, right? <laughs> It's not a captain making a decision. He's, he's like, as though it's the two of them, right? Um, they're going to get brought back into it, but briefly it's going to look like that. He's, so so, so Captain Chichelor says, all right, okay. What what if, say, we keep it to 15% and then see how it goes? And then the event that that's not a problem, then we can free others. That gives us some flexibility in case things start to get unraveled. Sure. Exactly. Okay. That sounds good. Now, do you know anything about the solution? Is Doc able to do it? That Doc tends to think big. I have no idea. Okay. I wanted to talk to you before I investigated that possibility because, I mean, hey, if there are some contingencies I wasn't considering, then I, I prefer to know about them before exploring the option further. Okay, so we keep it to 15% with the priority for our crew and then see how it goes as a test case, provided that the doc that the doctor is able to do that. And then he turns around, he's like, or not turns around, but then he like uh, turns away a little bit in, in thought, and he's like, yeah, that seems good. And so he turns back to Nikkei and Rhea and says, what do you think? Um... Uh, Nikaya, uh, glancing at Rhea, says, I think it needs to be all. And we just do our best to make the case that we all need to work together to get out of this. I know from first-time experience that you can be very persuasive, Captain. Thank you. 
Um, Byria's frown definitely, like, she likes the idea, but she understands that this is a big risk. Mm, okay. All right. Okay, considering that, this is what I think we should do. I think that there may be some unexpected consequences or unconsidered um, effects due to the treatment. And therefore, it would be unfair of us to expose everyone, especially those that we don't know, to this without evaluating the direct consequences. So some of our crew should be exposed to the treatment because we want to free them, and that is an explicit responsibility in our in our parts. Provided that we haven't observed any consequences within a large enough group, then we proceed to free everyone. The small group will be no more than 15%. Our crew doesn't number that high anyway. And then we free everyone else with a plan and expectation that we'll need to communicate to them the dire circumstances and exhort him, exhort them to work with us to secure their ultimate freedom. Um, and Reyes is easier to do if we're doing it by batches. So they come to in a controlled setting, smaller group, give us a chance to fill them in on the current situation. Exactly. Um, Narkek says most of them are not going to want to stay. Do we have a plan for getting them off planet? And he says, I believe we do. In process. All right. Sounds like you've made up your mind. I think we've made up our mind. All right. So that will start a process going. Um, the dock had intended to cover a large area all at once, but it's easy enough for the doctor to trust to focus. So you'll be bringing people to a location, zapping them um, in large groups at a time. Excellent, yeah. Under controlled circumstances. Yep, and observing what happens to them, giving them a little bit of time to see if there's residual neurological dysfunction as a consequence. And sure. um, mm-hmm. while the Seed of Aries is great and all, we have Shavor and my security team. Exactly, yep. Yeah, so once we free them, them. Yep. That's yep. a good idea. Uh, and priority will be given to the um, Jardine's crew. No problem. Um, so that process starts. It's a little rocky. You can't be there for every sort of awakening, but you can get your Welcome crew. to your new old life. <laughs> That's right. Um, but your crew, and most importantly, your counselors. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Can be yeah. there to sort of help people. Fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah, your job but... would suggest that we do this by department. Mm-hmm. These departments yeah. are still going to be multicultural, multiracial within the Curie. We already mm-hmm. have most of the department heads available to be there to be like, hey guys, department meeting. <laughs> Yeah, um, and true. one extra complication on this is that the doctor recommends that 
even those that are currently freed of the indoctrination mm-hmm. go through treatment as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Just in case. Um, because there is some residual effects. There's, for example, you don't know what happened while you were here. Before. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It'll fix our memory loss. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right. So there's a period of chaos that sort of follows as senior staff are um, down for a period of time. And the, um, the timeout is variable between an hour and four hours, depending. Um, but it's, it seems to be much more individual rather than a, you know, a class of folks. Um, for narrative purposes, you guys are all up and around fairly quickly. Um, no huge surprises. You guys remember being on this ship. Um, you remember encountering a probe. Mm. Um, and then there was an intruder alert. People started vanishing and it was all over in under five minutes. Wow. Um, shields didn't have any effects. Uh, it was just able to do some sort of a matter transference and you were just gone. But the probe that you encountered was way too small to physically house all of your people. So the theory that Jiffus comes up with is perhaps they have some sort of an enhanced pattern buffer yeah. and you were just like digitally stored. Mm-hmm. That's um, what I was going to suggest out of character. And then you guys materialized back in and, and you sort of wake up. You don't remember what happened when you're unconscious, uh, but you wake up and you're part of the society and the queens are awesome and you want to help them any way you can. Um, language has been implanted and, and things like that. Um, nope, I don't think there's any real surprises for anyone except perhaps the, um, freed from the and and you can flavor this or change but I think freed from the inhibitions trained into you from Starfleet and your experiences and told that you were in a position where you could just excel that um, you were not not merciless or ruthless but you like this was and correct me wrong but I, this was kind of like home felt really comfortable yeah I feel like she has she was thriving um and like you were definitely um especially given the recent experiences with the um, reduced inhibitions and things like that this was like that on steroids you could be a complete badass and you didn't have to answer to anyone as long as you earned your victories and did your placements and stuff like that so you sailed through a lot of the um, the early trials, and that's where you got yourself the attention of the queen, um, who uh, also saw your um, skills in leadership um, and management and plucked you out of the whole trial system in order to put you in charge of um, the gladiatorial side of things. Um, so I'm not sure how um, Villa will integrate that persona moving forward, but there's definitely going to be, like, that's not who you are, kind of, but it also really was who you were. It's who you could be. Definitely could be, but would be difficult to do that within the confines of Starfleet. That's not how they're set up. The Andorian um, space fleet is much more like that. Um, 
where you're a badass and and the point of it is to be a badass. Um, and the leaders tend to be those who are just the biggest badasses. Um, <laughs> it's sort of how they're structured as a warrior kind of society. Um, so there might be some stuff there for Villa to process. Um, yeah, there's a few like other... Grow up as an Andorian, really? Mm-hmm. I think I actually had her as... Um... I think your upbringing is on like your like Vulcan ambassadors mm-hmm. were her family, mm-hmm. and then she went to Starfleet like as soon as she was grown. So, uh, with that sort of logic, lack of emotion background, is kind of at odds with with what happened during the um, the inhibitions incident. But also what happened when you were on the planet is looking back like it felt great. Yeah. So stuff to put in a bookmark for later. Um at the end of this process where you've got now most of your crew is up and around and functional, and there's some tr- some difficulty reintegrating, like, oh, I'm not. I'm not a member of a society anymore. I'm part of a crew and I have to take orders. So there's a lot of processing happening for your crew as they're making the adjustment. Um, for you for you folks, it's fairly quick, right? Like, um, given the circumstances and stuff, you, but you had a smaller, more immediate concern to focus your attention. Um, these folks aren't. They don't have, like, immediate tasks that they need to do um, um, and their responsibilities are kind of tied to a ship that isn't here anymore. Mm. So there's um, there's some breakdowns in communication and breakdowns in the chain. Nothing critical, um, but it takes a little more effort from the command team's perspective to maintain order and discipline. Um, just because of the things that they're going through. Yeah, engineering is over here going, we're not an away team. Yeah. <laughs> Where's our reactor room? <laughs> exactly. Um... Uh, I bet Jeff already has partitions around this power Corey's uh, generated. It's <laughs> the white noise machine. Out here. Yeah. <laughs> for, for folks like that, for the engineering team, for example, it's easy to give them a focus. Like, we need to power these buildings. We need to, this. And this is kind of like the stuff that engineers kind of like, this is troubleshooting and hacking stuff together. And so for the engineering side, it's not too bad. For the science folks, um, especially those with the cultural uh, dint or you know alien species focuses there's a lot to learn and do so they're kind of occupied it's more the support staff and stuff like that definitely at, at loose ends um, and uh, so that sort of happens in a block of time um, I'm not too concerned about putting numbers to it or something like that but at the end of that block of time um, Commander Jiffis and um, uh, Servitor 264 appeared before Captain Chuchuo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jiffy says, We have it. You found? The location of the caretaker. Oh, wow. Um, it's in a bunker several miles below the surface. Um, but we think we have access to it. Here about my bombing Ax- run idea. Yeah. <laughs> Access by way of tunnels, lifts, 
Uh, tunnels and lifts. Um, we'll probably have to travel on foot since the caretaker's cut power or has control over those. We wouldn't trust them anyway, but there's access tunnels and maintenance shafts and stuff we can use to get there. It will take some time. Um, we wouldn't be able to move a large force there given the confining space and the length of the journey, but we could get a small team into the caretaker. Mm. Uh, based on the schematics that we found, the caretaker doesn't have any sort of defenses other than vaults and locked doors and things of that nature. Um, but we've, based on the maps we found of the tunnels, we should be able to get right into the main core. Wow. And I don't think there's anything in caretaking to about it. Mm. They might be able to assemble some new servitors and things like that, but we already know that those are not combat capable. So we can Have drive you found right. where the new servitors are assembled? Um, there's uh, manufacturing facilities at uh, several different locations. Might be good to shut those down. Um, and if most of those are actually shut down already because they're part of the main power grid. Okay. Um, there's, as far as we can tell, there's one facility that's still attached to the main complex, mm-hmm. the bunker where the caretakers ah. are. I see. But if you want a small team to move against them, or talk, interface, adjust programming, we can get physical access to the caretaker. Wow. I think we need to have a face-to-face However, this isn't entirely my decision to make. Actually, it's not my decision to make. Thank you, Chips. I know he doesn't say it. He says, thank you, Commander. Mm-hmm. And he says, thank you to Servitor. But, and, then, and, then, and then he pauses and he says, Do you have a name? Servitor 264. That's a designation. Commander Jeffers is referring to me as Servo. Do you like that? It feels comfortable. Would you like that I call you Servo? I would not mind. Thank you, Servo. You're not. I'm glad that we can save this cycle. Perhaps we'll save them all. I'm just glad to be able to help. And you certainly are. Path so, is open. what did you say? The path is open. Fantastic. So, uh, Commander Chichalor mm-hmm. will uh, then. What? You called yourself Captain. Commander. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we, we, now you and I are... <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, let's see. He's knocking himself down the peg. Um, so, uh, Captain Chichalor will uh, approach um, the Seat of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, say... Yeah. I believe we are now in a position for well final talks with the caretaker we should discuss the details 
I've known that this was coming. And I've been devoting a lot of thought to it. And I still do not know how to proceed. Everything that we are, everything we're based off of, the lives we have, all came from the caretaker. Generations of beings. Whatever twisted version of its purpose, it did look after us. I don't want I don't want to destroy it. That's what I was hoping you'd say. But I recognize that that might be necessary for our fleet. Our fleet people really are remarkable. <laughs> for all of our success of our forebears and all of our advancement in the Every generation of queens is theoretically better than the last. None of my people have dealt with this as well as you have. You flattered us. I really speak facts. We were advanced in some ways, but held back in many ways by the caretaker and their program. One way or another, it has to end. It does. I only hope it can end peacefully. It might help to remember that you might be also offering the caretaker a way out of their own limitations. True. They will be, in many respects, defined by their programming. If we can find a solution that allows them to satisfy that programming. Are the queens able to procreate? It's a female society. There are no males. They don't, yeah, they don't, but there's no asexual reproduction. The new generations all come from the cloning facility. There's ways around that, but... (laughs) Um... If, if you're asking if they engage in that, those sorts of behaviors in a recreational way, not what I am no, asking. Yeah, no, they have. There's no way for them to procreate on their own. Physiologically, they are capable of it, but there are no males of their species. It seems like if they could, then they, they have all the required parts and mechanisms and stuff like that to do it. They just don't have the males to, to make it happen. Does that answer your question? Oh, sure. But it's also okay. very easy to fix that. Perhaps. Is it, though? Not necessarily creating males, but <laughs> allowing for artificial... Uh... True. Yep. True. Um, and given that there hasn't been a birth on this system in many, 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 many years... 
that would be an interesting experience for them to go through, I'm sure. Um, so what is the plan? So this is something else to, you know, um, fi- finish off this bit of conversation. Okay. Um, so Captain Chichalor says, I'd like to point out as well that we have up until this point been thinking of the caretaker as some non-person. In effect, a subroutine, computer, some advanced artificial intelligence that's empowered to accomplish a goal, some specific goal. My understanding is that none of you have ever met the caretaker directly, and we certainly have. So I'd like for us to engage them without the assumption that they lack feelings. They may have their own motivations and for one reason or another are restricted to the expectations that were laid upon them before the ancients left. That is a good point I had not considered. I find that even in the most tense battlefield negotiations, I'm able to perform or say I'm able to do my best when I remember that other people were entitled to a little bit of empathy and compassion. Well, I will concede it is difficult to feel um, compassion for an entity that was trying to wipe us out. I do see the value. And I will work towards that. I'm glad. Because the important thing is not... Well... It's not what they deserve. Well, no, no, you wouldn't say it. No, you say it. The, the, the important thing is the consequences for you. Consequences for us. Even if someone has done something reprehensible. The most important consequence is that I am able to function better. And when I am able to function at my best, it means that I will be in the best position to look after the people in my care and make decisions that will have the best outcomes for them. I once again found myself grateful for your counsel. I'm grateful for the opportunity to give it. So what I'd suggest is this. Considering this is an engagement with your progenitor, that you need to make sure that you and at least the rest of the council are okay with it. I wouldn't dictate how you, Nikaya, make the decision specifically on behalf of the future of yourself and your civilization. Just that when we engage them, that you don't want to feel as though you haven't appreciated any potentially relevant perspectives. I um, think I will take some time and discuss it. And uh, while you're doing that, I will help my crew with uh, the other things we're attending to. All right. 
Um, so the senior queens withdraw at that point, um, leaving their subordinates in charge. And, um, the coordination is all still happening. Is there anything else you guys want to do before you head down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what Chichalor would want to happen. He wants to make sure that if things go pear shape, then we can jump on a ship and get out of here, right? Because he's, we're not going to die, right? He's not going to let us leave people to die. He's going to like, okay, people, we're going to get on the ships and take as many as we can and get off the mm-hmm. get off the planet, right? So he wants to make sure that that is still an option, all right? He also wants to make sure that in the event that the team doesn't make it back, that there are enough resources for the people who's left to to fend for themselves, and right? Like yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it so happens that the caretaker does something ridiculous, like collapses all the tunnels and explodes a bunch of things, he doesn't want to. Um, it, it, he would feel he would regret tremendously. He'd be posthumous regret, of course, but he he would regret it tremendously if there wasn't some means by which the survivors were able to fend for themselves. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's uh, get some dice to resolve one of those questions and see how many of these ships you can get going. So, commander your job. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do some dice. You were working with Wing Commander Levine to try and get ships space-worthy. Yep. Um, I'm thinking she's going to be doing a control con for um, as an assist for you, and then um, some sort of engineering role, I'm thinking, on your part. Uh, would control engineering make sense? Uh, control engineering, sure. Okay. Uh, my, I have like four different focuses that apply here. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and, let me do her assist roll first. Sure. And what kind of difficulty are we looking at? Um, it's fairly old stuff, but you have a lot of spare parts and access to schematics and things of that nature. So I'm going to set it at two. Um, and you have one extra die from one commander that you know. Okay. So I'm going to... Uh, no, we're just going to let that break. Um, oh, hang on. Your focus would apply here. What do I roll? Uh, two. Yes, so that's two extra dice from one commander Levine. I am Baby. definitely not spending one. Um, cool. You don't even need to, baby. Um, don't say that, but... Hopefully. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, let's do it. Three. Um, three successes. So for three successes, um, I will let you have two ships, fully functional, ready to go, able of taking off and transporting. How um, big are these ships, though? Because this is one of the questions that uh, I meant to ask earlier. So these are cargo ships. Um, they have a lot of storage capacity. You wouldn't be able to get anywhere near the full population into them, um, but they would definitely be big enough to, to fit a couple 300 folks. Um, so definitely definitely enough to evacuate your crew plus um, as just a, a, a benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you had an extra ship or something, or can find other ships, they could be used to ferry back and forth and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming there's a ship nearby. Um, we have left uh, Villa alone for a little bit. Can you give me another um, 
think we're doing reason engineering. Uh, engineering or science? Engineering or no science? Yeah, we we're working on a space communicator. I totally forgot about that. Certainly back then. Two more successes. Uh, give me some challenges. Yeah, still working on it. You're definitely on the right track, but you're not quite complete yet um, by this point. Um, but uh, it, you're not far away, um, right? So heading into the queens emerge from their closed door meeting, um, and Nikea finds um, your lord. Um, and she has uh, Maonia, the seat of Athena, with her. Okay, cool. Um, and Nikea says, uh, after intense discussions, we've agreed we'd like to approach this as a negotiation. Um, and given the nature of the kind of interaction we're looking for, Maonia would be the best to accompany you. Mm. She has, um, as might be expected from the seat of Athena, a focus on wisdom, but is also able to defend herself should that become necessary. Potent combination. Now, there's also a certain poetic um, closure to it that somebody has found appealing that the seat of Mother Athena should be speaking to our father figure of the caretaker. Mm -hmm. That which sits in, well, down in the pits of Olympus. Mm. Um, so, uh, Maonia will be accompanying you. Um, this is well out of our experience and expertise. So we would like to rely on you and your crew to guide this expedition moving forward. We'll do so. We appreciate your trust. Okay. So you'll be um, taking Maonia down with you, but how? Well, if you, what's the plan for moving forward? And this so, will be like a journey of hours to get. Yes, down. of course, it's going to be a long time. Yeah, it's it's cramped tunnels, several miles down, right? So you know, not just seven miles on flat ground, forward, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Chichalor doesn't want. To, go ahead. Yeah, uh, um, and just to focus the discussion a little bit, first thing I'd want to know is like who you're going to take with you. Yeah, that's what I'm about to describe. Cool. We are on the same page. Cool. Uh, Chichalor wouldn't want to discuss the details of the plan until uh, Commander Kitneyall and Wing Commander Levine are available, right? He doesn't want to distract them because sure. that, that's a high priority thing they're accomplishing. So once they return, right, he would get together, all right, who are we bringing? Who can we leave, right? Because there's a risk to people going down. In the event that everyone dies, right, something we're all going to try and prevent, but we're going into the earth. We're going into the planet, right? Um, we're going beneath the ground for many miles. It's not like we can easily escape. Somebody can't just throw down a rope and pull us out. And so you don't have transporters to... Yeah. Exactly, right? These are dangerous circumstances. So 
Uh, oh, that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> the captain and Nerdrod, miles away, both tilt yeah. their head at the same time. Wait going, Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that opens a question. Would Jiffus be able to create transporter technology? Like a one-time use oh. transporter. That is a big ask. There's um, something on the planet that does teleporter transporters. Yep. Well, totally. something something within the control of the caretaker. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. In the, in the investigations, they haven't found any sort of matter transference devices within the city limits at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but based on the memories that you have recovered, it um, it could be that that is limited to the drones, um, and you're not They're entirely clear. Yeah, and you're not entirely clear what direct control the caretaker has over the drones, or if they're an autonomous system, or... Okay, well, uh, you know, it, it, to, it's put, to be possible. fair, mm-hmm. the other information we do have is that the caretaker offered to return us to our ship unharmed immediately. True. So, so from... have some control over them. Exactly, from Captain Chichalor's perspective, the caretaker could do this, so there must be some technology that allows transportation to the ship. Or that would allow it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I imagine they both think, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, if we're going to go down to the Earth and there's some way that we can guarantee that people can get out if they're stuck. We, we want to try it. So, yeah, it's a big ass. So that's fine. Uh, so, Captain Chichler would want to talk to Jiffus about that in the event. And so then moving back to the discussion of the crew complement for this particular away mission. Uh, we want to make sure that there there's some redundancy in the crew left behind, right? We need to decide who can we take along? Who can we afford, not afford to lose, but I mean is who can we not afford to lose down in the pit? Right. That, that also isn't necessary to be down there. Yeah, let's wrap early. Yeah. Okay. Um, Y'all can keep going, but I've, and this is a discussion no that we want to have with Chris here too. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to participate in and out of character to decide who's going down there. Because Dr. Hudson is necessarily going to have some very specific opinions about who goes and who doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Alright, um, so given that situation, I think it's probably a good spot to wrap now. A little bit earlier uh, than usual. Um, Ash is uh, having... Doggo issues, poor doggo. Yes. Crash. Crash. <laughs> um, so let me pull out my script here. We'll uh, pick this up next time. Right, there's my script. Thank you very much for joining us uh, once again. I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. I really did. This was oh um, yeah. This was a lot of fun. Heavy yeah. dice rolling episode, but uh, mm-hmm. those aren't necessarily a bad thing. Um, thank you to Roll20 and our patrons for your ongoing support. Um, we really appreciate it. If uh, if you haven't joined us on Discord, what's stopping you? Um, it's an awesome community, very welcoming and very great, and there's all kinds of stuff outside of mage and role-playing. And there's just uh, people hanging out and being cool together. Uh, you can join us on Discord at eintu.space. That's eintu.space. Um, if you feel so inclined, we would certainly welcome you to support us on Patreon at staylucky.club. Um, and I guess that's it. Thank you all very much. 
All right. Join us next time for more bold action.